so this is my first bike trip, but I've traveled backpacking. And um, I've just come to learn that just most people are very good people and mm -hmm. they are very, very welcoming and, and giving. Hi, and welcome to Through Here, a podcast about road trips and people and places. Through Here would like to first begin by acknowledging that the land it's recorded on is Treaty 2 territory. The land is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation. One of Through Here takes place in Riding Mountain National Park, a forested oasis amidst Manitoba's expansive prairie. Here, the grassland stretches, the boreal forest towers, and the aspen parkland nurtures. Manitoba is home to only two national parks, and Riding Mountain is the only easily accessible one. This makes it a destination for a wide variety of travelers. I spent my fourth summer working for parks, and I spent a lot of it chasing down travelers who were checking out what the park had to offer. I met many cool people and had the opportunity to sit down with them and learn more about their lives. You'll hear their stories every Thursday. Today we're joined by Brian Bookout. I recorded this interview in early June when Brian was traveling through Riding Mountain National Park on his trip across Canada. Brian chose to cycle across Canada to a friend's wedding in Southern Ontario. Listen along as I talk to Brian about why he chose to bike instead of just hopping on a plane and the trials and tribulations and, and troubles that come with biking across the country and the cool people that he's met so far along the way. Where did you start your journey and where is it going to end? I started from Vancouver, but I've been telling people I've been pedaling since Banff because I cheated going through the mountains. But I did leave Vancouver on, on, on my bike, but mm -hmm. then kind of did a little cheating, planned cheating through the mountains. How? So I biked just out to, to Chilliwack. I was going to bike to to Hope, but um, and then take the Greyhound to Kamloops because my brother-in-law was was going to be there for work and I was going to get a ride with him to where him him and my sister live in Golden. I went to Chilliwack cuz for some reason the bus from Chilliwack to 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 Kamloops was cheaper than from Hope even though the distance is longer. Uh, Greyhound has some weird out some weird algorithms or something I guess. And um, so then I went to go visit my sister and my brother-in-law. And then from there, I took an, an, another ride to, to Banff. And then I started pe pedaling from Banff. And this was a planned cheating because, um, one, because of time. I figured that going through the mountains would set, set me back. And I do have a deadline. Um, and the other thing is I wasn't sure if I had the ability to, to cycle through the mountains. And also, I was leaving in, in early May, where there still was storms through like the, the Coquihalla and, and some other passes. So where are you going? Ultimately, I'm going to Ontario. I'm originally from Ontario. Some good friends are getting married in Ontario. So I figured that I would make the trip out of it. This past winter, I was working at a ski resort at, at Cypress Mountain in, in Vancouver. And so at a ski resort, because it's a seasonal job, everyone starts talking about oh what are you doing for the summer what mm -hmm. what 
what plans do you have for the summer? And so for a bit, I was thinking of what, of what I was going to do. I knew I was going to, to Ontario for this wedding. So I was thinking of this bike trip and I was telling people that this is what I was th thinking of doing. And then the time was ticking down. And so I, I didn't have any reason to not do it. So I packed up in, in Vancouver and decided to set off on, on this bike trip. So what day did you start? I started, huh. I left Banff May 10th. I, I just looked at that recently. I believe it was May 10th that I left Banff. Have you been making good time? Mm, yeah, I guess it depends on who you ask. It's definitely been done a lot faster. And um, I'm sure I could have taken more rest days than I did at some points. But I don't know, it's been going okay. I've been getting a lot of headwinds, the, these prevailing winds going west to east that people talk, talk about. I haven't been finding them very often. So I've had a, a bunch of sh short days because of headwinds. Oh, okay. So it's like been a struggle because of the wind. Yeah. Did you plan like out where you were going to stop or did you just like loosely plan it? I would say it's pretty loosely planned. I had the rough route sort of figured out, but um, I don't have each stop planned because I don't know how far I'm going to make it in the day. So I might look ahead and see that there's some campgrounds or some towns or certain places that I might want to visit, but it'll be dependent on my energy and the wind and other factors. And so when I was looking at my route, I knew I, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to go through Calgary. I was going to stay, stay north of, of Calgary and then go through Drumheller. Cause I, uh, last spring I actually traveled across the prairies for my first time and I went to Drumheller. And I really enjoyed it there. So I decided that, that I was going there again. And also last time I went to Regina. So this time I figured that I would go up to Saskatoon. And so then that brought me up there. And then I figured I'd take the 16 down. And then so, so looking at attractions through there, I found um, it's called uh, Little Manitou Lake, the saltwater lake or spring. It's like a, like a water spring. Right. And so this was one of my few attractions through uh, the prairies. Was it cool? It was cool. I've never been to a saltwater lake. Like a saltwater lake, like it's like saltier, denser than than uh, the ocean. And so you and so you you can go in it and like you're super buoyant. It's mm -hmm. believe it it contains a lot of minerals that are I guess good for the skin, so it's believed to have healing powers the lake. And so there's spas and stuff there, but you could just jump jump in the lake and there's very, there's not much living in the lake except for the millions of these like brine shrimp. So you swim and you just see these like just tons of tiny what? brine shrimp. Like there's shrimp in a lake in Saskatchewan. So not shrimp like you're thinking like. Hold up. Shrimp? Yeah, you heard that right. What the heck are brine shrimp? And why are they in a lake in Saskatchewan? Well, I did a little research after this interview and I found out that Little Manitou Lake used to be a freshwater lake, but it has no outlet and became filled with lots of minerals. Scientists believe the lake lost its freshwater status over 10,000 years ago because evaporation left so many of those minerals behind. The lake is now denser than seawater with salt and about half as dense as the Dead Sea. And the shrimp? Well, they're the only animals that can survive in a lake with that high of a salt content. Who knew that that was just chilling out in Saskatchewan? Well, I definitely learned something that day. 
shrimp, yeah. like a shrimp cocktail well, type shrimp. Obviously, don't. But like, they're like they're, not they're super small. Like I'm, I don't know if they're five millimeters tall or uh, smaller. But you see them just kind of swimming about and like, and they lay just billions or trillions of eggs. And so you see some sometimes like these like. I I believe that, that that it was the eggs where like there's like these like brown pat- patches that like that are just like clouds of yeah it's just eggs. like cl- clouds of eggs yeah hmm. yeah so um th- that lake was really cool um it was a detour a- every little time off like off the main road is definitely a detour um and on a bike you have to kind of decide whether or not this detour is worth it and I would say that that was a worthy detour. How much out of the way was it? Good question. I guess like, let's say let's count it a day's riding to get to get from the highway there and then back. You would count it as as about a day. But then of course you get there and and you want to stay at least a day there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know how many kilometers. I don't I don't even know how I can ballpark that right now. But let's put it a, about a day out. It adds about a, at least a day, if not two, onto your trip to make a right. to make that kind of detour. But it was worth it. Yeah. Did you meet any cool people there? I did. So in Saskatoon, backtrack a bit. Um, in 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 Saskatoon, I stayed with a host via warm showers, and warm showers is like couch surfing, but specifically for cyclists. Okay. And so I stayed with a host there. And so this host was um, the mother of a daughter that cycled across Canada some years ago. And so since then, she has been a host on on warm showers. And so on the Sunday that I was leaving, they had a barbecue for their daughter going away and their son graduating. And so they had a bunch of people over and a friend of her daughter. I was telling what my plan was and that I was going to Little Manitou Lake. And she was thinking, oh, I have some friends there. And so she messaged a friend and then asked if the, if she could house me for a night that I'm cycling across the prairies and that I would appreciate a, a place to stay. Mm-hmm. And and her friend said, hell yes. And <laughs> and and so I, I stayed with her there and she's from there. And so it was a great person to go stay there. She showed me all around. Her dad owns like the local bar, so it's it a good place that to hang out. They have kayaks, so I went out for a kayak on, on the lake. Oh, that's cool. And um, hung out with a bunch of her friends and stuff, and it was really good, yeah. Otherwise, I would have just went and camped in a random spot or a, in a small camp, camp campground and stuff. And I might have met some people there, but probably not as many people yeah. as I did. Probably like old people in RVs. Probably yeah. That's that's most of the the that's most of the campgrounds through through the prairies. Yeah. yeah. Right now, anyway. <laughs> yeah. For now, um, have you had any other good experiences in towns and stuff that was like sort of surprising? Yeah, for sure. I I've met lots of people like. So I constantly just turn heads in a way, right? Because I have a lot of stuff on my bike. <laughs> yeah. And. So just constantly, people are just looking at at me curiously, and I'll say hey to them, and they'll say hey, and sometimes a, like a conversation will will start up. In Weiwishikapo, I'm not sure if, if I'm saying that right. I, there's like a gas station there, 
and I think I bought a muffin there and then I sat down eating it and like the gas station attendant I started talking to him Nathan and I was telling him my trip and so we we're chatting a bit and then he's like oh I, I have something for you and he goes in uh, to his bag and he pulls out this thing here so he makes these mm-hmm. like uh, this necklace here and um, it's made out of like bone antler and, and, and he paints it and makes these these beaded necklaces and so oh, yeah you see it's like sod boat uh like a, like a sod antler yeah and these are um that's seed yeah the, these seeds that he told me if a wolf willow wolf exactly yep yeah yep i wrote that down and yeah it is wolf willow yeah i made one of those one time oh cool okay because they grow here yeah um yeah and the initial they used it to okay bead Okay, cool. Yeah, so he gave me this as but a... But that's rare. A, as a traveling gift, what's rare? Like that they use them still. Oh, is it? Yeah? Yeah, because uh, in residential schools, the rosaries were made from them. Oh. So, yeah. Okay, uh, so it has a bit of a tainted past. Yeah, so w- the indigenous interpreter at parks, um, yeah, told me all of that. She's oh. from Waylisi Castle. Inter- interesting, okay. That's cool, though. Mm-hmm. But so do you think that some people might be, so it might be frowned upon that this guy is using these beads? No, like I am not, like I'm not an expert on it or anything. She just said that like she has, she also is a beater and like um, sells her art and stuff places and that people have like commented on it and, and stuff. Okay. And that it was surprising to her like because she didn't go to residential schools but that um it makes sense yeah i see but yeah no that's pretty cool yeah so that was that was a cool experience just meeting him and and chatting with him for a bit and then him giving me a little gift what about the person that you stayed with last night did you say you met someone in rossburn oh yeah so um yeah that's a great example so uh, Audrey, she she I was in the, the like in uh, what's it called Rossburn, so I'm just there with my bike, and then she pulls up with her car, and asks like, hey, are, I guess you're you're traveling, right? Like a like an obvious question <laughs> or something to this effect, right? And she said to me, if um, are you looking for a place to stay because I can offer you a place to stay in my home if you want. And I think she said something like, um, but of course, if you want to camp out, like I totally understand, like no pressure. Um, I said, of course, I don't, I don't see any reason to decline your offer. Mm-hmm. And so it, it turned out that she has done some cycling trips, and um, and I'm the second time that she has like walked up to. A random cyclist <laughs> and offered a place to stay. Uh, she told me that the time before, but I think was a was a father and son on a tandem bike that were, that were traveling. And I I guess this was in 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 Rossburn as well. Hmm. Yeah. Because the Trans Canada Trail goes through there, probably. Yeah. So this yeah the Trans Canada Trail. However, that Trans Canada Trail <laughs> not it's it would be cool to hike it perhaps, <laughs> but for it's not currently cyclable if you have. I don't know, anything narrower than, like, 38 centimeter tires. Like, so some parts are pretty okay. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the next country block, so, like, you go that one mile, mm-hmm. and then the next block is then not good because it's just not used by people. But, like, there are certain sections that are used. It seems like they're used by dirt bikes or, or, or by eight 
ATVs or it might be like a back like a farmer might use it as like their back road to like to access their their farm field or something right. like that which I, I don't know if, if they're supposed to with this trans canada trail but the more access there is on them the, the better, better yeah the yeah. better condition they are for for the most part so i did go on it a bit and there are some sections that i regret it going on but um but it was all right and like i always basically knew where the next like road was that i could get out mm-hmm. and there was even some like before the roads that i thought that I was, I was i had to wait till but um it has potential the trail so like if they the thing is i don't know how much traffic they would really really get on it to warrant putting the effort and the resources into like putting down like proper gravel or actually paving it like it would take a lot of money because it's pretty long right yeah um but it has potential because i guess because it is that old railway line i was reading that there is a town every 10 or 15 kilometers because that's as far as the train that like the steam engines could go before they needed Mm -hmm. more water so with that being the case, like if each town was was a bit of like a service center, like they had bathrooms or something or water for people, like it could be a good hiking trail. Um. Yes, what you're hearing is correct. This interview got interrupted by a squirrel, a squirrel that really wanted to participate in our interview. And when I was making through here, I really tried as hard as I could to record my interviews in nature. And so the background noise in many of these episodes will contain things like squirrels or leaves crunching or fires crackling or waves hitting the dock. something there's another one that they they like always fight with each other yeah yeah but it, it could be a cool trail has there been any specific challenges because obviously the whole thing is like a, mm-hmm. a challenge <laughs> for sure um it's yeah, so definitely coming through the prairies like just with there being like long distances like it's a bit of a mental game and like you're just in the sun for so long and there's like very few spots with shade and stuff like that so when you're in these distances you just have to push through them like and yeah so i mean that, that it, it's been a mental game because of that because of like the long distances with with very little attractions or shade or anything or right yeah and um, but like a little small town yeah with that comes like it's interesting. I mean, like I came through the prairies knowing that what what the prairies are, right? And so there is some reason to me going through them and wanting to see this, but it is also a challenge for sure. Mm-hmm. And you didn't take the number one, so I feel like that was maybe a benefit. I don't know if you think that's true. Or not. Mm, yeah. So it sounds like the number one. So yeah. So then number one is flatter. So for cycling, it, that would that's a big benefit for for cycling that it's flatter um but i think there's more trucks more traffic mm-hmm. so probably less ideal for that reason yeah so there's there's trade-offs it's flatter straighter but maybe even less attractions i've driven to saskatoon and it's 
more interesting than yeah there's definitely there's still yeah like going to like the like yeah the yellowhead highway 16 yeah there's like lakes and sloughs and like wetlands and stuff like that so like Mm -hmm. that makes it interesting i'm seeing tons of birds which is really cool do you know what kind lots of red wing blackbirds and yellowhead blackbirds and and um i've i have taken note of some names i'm kind of forgetting some right now but um what's the coolest one i don't know what the bird is called it's like it there's this one like big white bird like it kind of look looks like a pelican but i don't think it is a pelican it might be a pelican there are (laughs) pelicans yeah are manitoba only i think i've had some I'll, i'll i'll show you some pictures that i took and are you, they're usually in large numbers. Maybe these are pelicans. I thought that maybe they were called something else. Or maybe the name that I'm thinking of that I can't think of right now is um, the type of pelican that they are. Oh, yeah. Do you know the ty- types of no. pelicans that are around here? No. No. I've only seen them in, like, rapid lakes. Okay. And like lakes that are fast moving. Yeah, so I saw pelicans that were definitely pelicans on, um, is it the South Saskatchewan that goes through Saskatoon? There's like this like contr- like a big cement thing that creates a rabbit on that like 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 within the city, and so there's pelicans that go there every year. Cool. But I feel like these were smaller than those guys. Well, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a pelican expert. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Right. Have you seen other animals? On my trip, yeah, for sure. I've seen like lots of deer and 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 coyotes, and I saw like some. I don't know if it would have been elk or caribou. I, I kind of forget the differences between like, them. Um, and, and this was in, like, Kananaskis area, like, coming down from oh, Banff and Camelot. It was probably elk then. Yeah, elk. Because I don't think caribou come down that far no. anymore. Okay. And, uh, oh, there's one time I saw, so, like, these two deer were, like, running kind of, like, alongside me. Mm-hmm. on Like, so, like, on the other side of a fence. And um, then they... Then they hop the fence and hop the road in in front of me with like with ample space and then they hopped over across and then i look and then i see that there's a coyote or it might have been a small wolf chasing them i don't know what it was but um yeah so there's like this a coyote or a small wolf in in a pursuit of these two deer yeah and so that was kind of fun to see but unfortunately i didn't really have much of a shoulder so i didn't have i couldn't like pull over and watch mm-hmm. and like cars were coming behind behind me and stuff like that so like i just kind of like just looked as 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 much as i could and we're like whoa yeah that's cool has it surprised you how willing people are to help you and welcome you into their homes or were you expecting that when you started reading other cycling trips like and talking to other people like yeah so it's not totally surprising but um um no like so i i heard of people being very generous to to people on on cycling trips because there's a form of admiration i guess but no it's been awesome though like i really feel very welcome and i have felt very welcomed by many people and um surprising i don't know i just like well, so I've traveled a, a bunch, not on, so this is my first bike trip, but I've traveled backpacking. And um, I've just come to learn that just 
most people are very good people and mm-hmm. they are very very welcoming and and giving and yeah do you find that there's a reason why like that there's a common thread in those kinds of people common thread hmm probably i would i would have to dwell on that for a bit <laughs> but yeah probably so have you been like journaling and stuff mm, a bit that's a that's another challenge i guess i've been facing just like um energy levels like after a day of cycling like it seems like a great idea to to journal a lot during my trip but i often don't have the energy to like to sit down and and like actually put my thoughts to the paper right Mm -hmm. a lot of times like you just finish your day you set up camp and then you and then you eat something and and uh, you go to bed But so, yeah, I have been a bit, but not as much as I would like to be. What do you eat? What do I eat? Anything I can find. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, so so that's been another challenge of, like, what's practical to carry or, like, what I'm able to find. Because in a lot of these small towns, um, there might be a grocery store of some sort, but it's It's not the, the large grocery store that, like... I'm used to having in a city, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I eat, eat basic things. So I make things with with couscous, can canned fish, and some veggies when I can get them. Um, lots of oatmeal, lots and lots of oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Lots of granola bars. How does that compare to when you're backpacking? Do you mean backpacking like um, so, like backpacking, like traveling, like from like country to country type thing sure you mentioned that you back yeah yeah it doesn't really change much other than when i'm backpacking i'm like not using my own i'm not using a lot of my own energy to transport myself because i'm taking buses and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and then often i'm going more so in comparison to this trip specifically um i'm when I'm backpacking, I'm going places where there's more amenities and there's restaurants and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so on this trip, when I find a restaurant, it's nice to sit down and have like a nice breakfast or something like that. Or, or I've been making use of Subway and A and W, just because <laughs> like these are the things that are available to me, right? Right. Yeah. So that's like your like treat is when you see. It can be, yeah, for sure. What's your favorite one so far? My favorite, like. Like treat meal, like. Oh my gosh, this is civilization. I'm, this is the best thing that I've eaten. <laughs> well, one thing that should be mentioned uh, is I'm very, I'm a very frugal person. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to like waste. Well, yeah, like, like yeah, obviously you're like, not going to a steakhouse. Yeah, so but. I'm not going, yeah. <laughs> and like getting like, which like, if you had the funds to it, that would make your cycling trip that much better just to, to put down that money and, and, and I get this nice meal and just make mm-hmm. that like that day so worth it right and i do treat treat myself fr- from time to time but i don't know if i have that um i have a favorite yet uh do you like listen to music or podcasts or anything mm, not while cycling i'm often asked if like i listen if i like have lots of music to listen to while while cycling but um for a few for a few reasons i don't i guess uh one being that um I need to be aware of what's around me, right? Right. I need totally. to, to hear the traffic and stuff like that. I need to hear if my bike starts making a weird noise, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that, um, I don't know, for a while I've been, like, pretty, I guess I would say, like, 
present while traveling where on buses I don't go into a bus ride sort of thing like seeing that it just has I'm going from point A to point B like I am like in this bus ride and like if I'm not going to be walking that whole distance or cycling that that whole distance at least I can look out the window and in a in a seat see what's going on or if, if, if I'm on a bus ride in a foreign country, it's nice just to see what other people are doing. So I kind of like stopped that habit of like listening to music on bus rides. Um, and then so I think that translates in, into the cycle trip as well. Has your bike given you issues or has it been good? There's been a few issues. Um, not, nothing major. So um, I'm super grateful for how it has held up. So no flats. People always think that everyone gets lots of flats, and I'm sure lots of people do, but I did invest in brand new tires before leaving, and they've held up wonderfully. My front disc brake rotor has a bit of a warp in it, so that's been really painful because it's it probably doesn't slow me down that much, but the problem is more that I can hear it. And so with every almost every revolution at times, so if it gets like a certain type of dirt or something like that on it, or like oil, I think that's when it starts to make the squeak. Mm-hmm. And so I've been kind of trying to adjust it where like it's not touching, but the brake still works. When I get to Winnipeg, I'm going to see if a bike shop can kind of... There is a, apparently a way to straighten it out, but I don't know how to do it. I think you need a special tool. Or I might just need to replace the rotor. There's other thing, the front wheel, just the, the hub has, has come loose a couple times. I, I think that's just from my from me not tightening it properly. and so. But I have tightened it since, and I think it's good now. I went, I trusted Google Maps too much once, a little north of Calgary, it brought me down some, some dirt roads that were probably like freshly graded from, from a winter time and it was super dry. So this gravel was really, really soft and I was doing it. I felt good, but then I got, I guess I got too confident and I don't know, just got squirrely once and, and, um, ended up kind of falling a little bit actually. And, um, it was a, good fall for me like I only had one little scrape on my knee and just kind of tumbled over um and the bike fell and the hooks on one of my panniers like the the side bags uh broke and then uh, luckily Ortlieb um replaced the hooks I asked them if um we can get if I could get some replacement hooks so when I got to Saskatoon oh uh, they like nailed them there yeah yeah it was great is there anything else that's just in general like been surprising or challenging that you weren't expecting Hmm. yeah my hands hurt a lot more than i expected just holding your hands in one position for a long time you can like pinch some nerves and um so your fingers go numb and then yeah so you need to constantly be changing like your hand position and there's certain ways where like if you hold them certain ways it pinches certain nerves um, so I'm just still learning to not do that, I guess, <laughs> and just take breaks and change my hand position. And I bought a, another set of tape. I'm going to like double up on, on my bar tape to make it a little more cushiony. And also the, then the other thing is, um, sitting for a long time on a bike seat. It takes its toll. And, um, so those like heat exhaustion, my hands and sitting on my bike seat for too long, these are like really my greatest, like issues like that's what's really sets me back and headwinds did you train no not 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 so much probably could have benefited from training more mm-hmm. i had just finished a season working at the ski resort and so 
Like my legs were in pretty good condition, like skiing and snowboarding every day. I mean, in general, I was in it's like cross training. So. I was in pretty good good condition. Yeah, but cycling is is something that at least like it kind of your fitness level kind of figures itself out. You go as far as you can, and then your body will will start telling you to stop, and you just get stronger and stronger as you go. That's it from Brian. Thank you for listening to episode one of Through Here. Join us next week as I sit down with Nico and Sophie, two friends from France who were traveling across Canada in a modified Grand Caravan. I sat down with them in early June to talk about what it's like to road trip and how they chose to modify their van. If you'd like to see more from Through Here, we have extended content on our social media. So follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Spotify. You can catch monthly blog posts online at throughherepod.com. And you can join us every week, every Thursday afternoon for new episodes of Through Here. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating if you loved the podcast. We'll see you next Thursday afternoon. Have a great weekend and don't forget to stay curious. 